Welcome, everybody, to the inaugural, the very first episode of the Discovering Disney podcast, where we hope to help you discover, inspire, and explore all things Disney. Let me tell you something, everybody. We may be here on a brand new show, but we are not new to podcasting. We're glad to have you here and to join us on what we would like to call the Hello World episode. That's right. Hello World. Why Hello World, you might ask? Well, I'm a computer geek, to be honest with you. I'm very much a a techie person. Been doing it all my life. And one of the first things you do when you learn a new program or you learn a new programming language, more specifically, the first thing you do is learn how to put up on the screen, hello world. And you know what? Why not bring that into podcasting? I mean, quite honestly, this is our way of saying hello to you. And allow me to introduce my co-host for this evening, my friend, Chris. Chris, how are you doing this evening? I am doing swell tonight. Just swell? That is a new one. I hope we're going to have a good time with this, my friend, because, you know, swell is just a great way to describe this evening. You know, it's one of those cases where, let's face it, this is our first episode. You and I are... We're not new to this, but we're going to have some giggles. We're going to have some laughs. We're going to have a lot of fun here tonight, too. But we first off want to have everybody to get to know us a little bit. Because, quite honestly, how are you going to enjoy a show unless you really have a good understanding of you know who the, who the hosts are, right? So, allow me. So, my name is Chris, and I live in the Midwest. And right now, this particular episode, it's cold outside. Which makes me upset because Chris over there lives down south. He lives right behind the Magic Kingdom and it's warm. So there's one big difference. The other big difference is, hey, I'm kind of an old guy. Chris, he's a younger guy. We're kind of a yin and yang situation here. I've been married for a number of years. I've got two awesome kids. I've got a bearded dragon named Rex. And quite honestly... What can I tell you? It's, it's just, I am, I am the, the kind of person that you hear on, here on the show right now is the kind of person that I am in person as well. There is nothing different between me here behind a microphone and me in person. Some of the things that I love to do, I'm a gearhead. I'm the person that people come to when their cars are broken or they need car advice. Uh, I'm a youth worker. I've been dealing with middle school uh, students at my church for the past 20 some odd years. Uh, as I said, I'm a, I'm a technophile. I basically love anything and everything that's technology. I love movies. I guarantee you that you are going to hear movie conversations on this show on a regular basis because I am a big fan of movies and, of course, music. I listen to anything from Mozart to Metallica and even things that I can't understand because it's in a foreign language sometimes. That's me in a nutshell, to be honest with you. And so, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself as well? And also, maybe even give me a little bit of something that I don't even know about you. How's that as a little bit of a challenge? That sounds good to me. Well, as Chris said, my name is Chris, except my my name is Chris with a K. Um, I was born and raised in Pennsylvania, um, about two hours north of Philadelphia in a town called Scranton. Yes, that's where they filmed The Office. <laughs> get it all the time. Um, they did actually not 
filmed the actual office in Scranton. That was just where the uh, entry point to the movie or to the show was filmed. Everything else was filmed out of town. Um, my wife and I decided to move about five years ago to Florida. Um, interesting fact about that is when we moved, I said, let's not move to Orlando. Who'd want to move, you know, be that close to Disney? I was not a huge Disney fan. So I said, if we move to Florida, we're moving towards the beach. Uh, we ended up in Fort Myers and we lived there for two straight years. And then Hurricane Irma came and chased us away. And we decided to move up to the Disney area. We live about, I'd say, five miles by air um, from the parks. It's a lot more than that by the roads. And with traffic the way it is anymore, it's a <laughs> lot longer. Um, I can step outside my house every night and watch the fireworks, which is pretty cool. I do fire protection for a living, um, basically fire protection inspections, um, basically throughout the whole Central Florida region. And I enjoy doing that during the day. So my wife and I have been married um, for quite a while. Uh, we met back in 2009, so we've been together ever since then. Um, Very cool. And we are actually currently in the process of adopting. Nice. Um, so that's that's been an interesting, interesting uh, trail to go down. Um, there's a lot of unknown factors that I didn't know about before we actually went down that uh, road. So... Uh, but right now we have two cats, Walt and Roy. Yes, named after, obviously, Walt and Roy Disney. Um, and we just actually added a two-month-old uh, German Shepherd boxer mix named Lily. Oh, yes. very cool. Sort of after Walt's wife, Lily. But there's one L, not two. So it's a little bit different there. But we try to make everything, well, I try to make everything basically in my life around Disney. Um Sometimes my wife gets a little annoyed with that because I go too much too too much deeper, you know, Disney than she would care for me to go into. Um, we spend a lot of time at the parks. We average two to three days a week, sometimes more when they do the uh, concerts at Epcot, which is a really fun time to go and enjoy, especially when you get done with work. I tell people all the time, nice thing about living down here is if you have a bad day at work, you just come home and you go to Disney. You can't have a bad night then. I, I, oh man, you know what? Seriously, that has always been one of those things where I would have to say it's on my bucket list is to either retire or semi-retire, come down to Disney, and then be able to have an annual pass where on a Friday night or something to be able to just go to the parks, possibly like most likely Epcot, to be honest with you, get myself a Dole Whip, not a Dole Whip. You know what? Why did I still say Dole Whip? You know what I was really thinking of? A Grand Marnier slush. Oh yeah. Get one of those chill out. I was thinking Dole Whip cause I haven't had a Dole Whip in a long time, but get a grand Marnet slush and chill out and just watch the fireworks. To me, that would be an awesome, awesome evening. Yeah. I, I enjoy going over to Epcot. Usually, usually we don't go during the week. Um, I get up really early for work, so it's kind of hard by the time, you know, cause I, I feel as though if you go to a park, it's kind of a waste of time. If you leave before the fireworks go off, um, that's just that. personal preference, but that's my feeling. So I usually, I usually try to go on Friday nights. Um, sometimes Saturday, well, most of the time Saturday after four or five, we usually get together for a family dinner on Saturday nights. So we used to go after that Sunday. We usually kind of stay out of the parks unless there's a concert going on. Like I said, it's kind of a work night. So, um, same, same scenario goes there. 
But we, we do enjoy going to the parks quite a bit, um, more so than most people around here do. Uh, I've found one thing about most locals is either they've never been to Disney, which really surprised me, or they only go with the Silver Pass. A lot of people don't have gold or above down here. So it's it's very it's a it's a very weird uh community, I guess per se is the right wording for that. Um of different different tastes of Disney people here. Um they don't obviously all like Disney as much as we do, but then you do have the ones that are in fact huge fans like us as well. One of the cool things is going to get the mail and I see half my neighbors have Disney costumes on. So <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's when you know you live pretty close to Disney. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I would I would definitely say that between you and I, you know, we will both experience Disney differently in a lot of different ways, uh, mainly because, well, one, I only do a couple trips a year. Usually it's one with my family. Usually it's one with just my wife, an adults-only trip. And to go along with that, over the past number of years, especially since we became DVC members, it is one of those cases where we definitely have changed things up over the past, you know, 20 years of going to the parks uh, than when we first did. Because when we first went to the parks during our first couple trips, it was marathon parks. It was, it was rope drop till they kick us out type of thing. And now I'm finding, especially with my son, it's, hey, let's go to the park for a little bit, but let's chill out. Let's go see the resorts. Let's go eat some really cool food. Let's go to Disney Springs. Let's do a, a plethora of different things. And I think that is one of those cases where, as a part of the show, we want people to discover different things about Disney, not just the parks, but Disney in general, that can really enhance their life, not just their vacation life, but really a part of a Disney lifestyle. And at the same time, if I can go ahead and be bold in saying is that we want to inspire people to try different things. And I know that you've taught me some things, Chris, in the sense of giving, you know, giving some different things a try uh, at the parks, uh, especially concerts. I usually don't stop and see the concerts. And, and when I was there out with you last time, it was really cool to actually sit by the, the pavilion by the American pavilion over at Epcot and really enjoy a concert. That was really super cool. And the other thing is we want people to explore. We want people to explore different options, to explore different opportunities, to explore everything that Disney has to offer. Again, not just the parks. Because like you said, you know, there's people around you, Chris, that live a Disney lifestyle because they work at Disney even. There are people that I know that between you and I, there are people that that are way more fanatical at Disney than we are. And there are some that, you know, we're the fanatics. You know, if people would, would be able to see a video of us right now, I've got walls worth of really cool collectibles behind me. And photography is one of my great loves as well. I've got pictures. I've got plush. I've got books. It's one of my... One of my most awesome things. In fact, Chris, you showed me a picture that you took and you're, you're becoming an, you know, a really talented up and coming photographer as well from some of the work I've seen from you. Yeah. I, I really, 
I really enjoy bringing the camera to the park. Um, obviously, it's not always going to be the professional camera. Um, the one thing I have learned as a local is it's, well, obviously, it's a lot different than being a tourist that comes down here. Um, because mainly, again, it's kind of like, you know, you go to dinner and a movie on a weekend. I sure. go to Disney. Um, so you don't bring your, you know, every time you go to a sporting event or what, you know, high school football game, whatnot, you don't bring your professional camera. Sure. So you got to think of it that way. Um, thankfully with cell phones, the way they've, you know, progressed over the last, I'd say even two to three years, you've seen major improvements. Um, I do take a lot of photos and videos for that matter with my phone. Um, but I really enjoy doing the SLR photography now. And it's funny because my wife, I, I drive my wife insane. I have probably 30 to 40, 20 by 30 posters hanging throughout my house of <laughs> photos that I've taken. Um, it's just, it's a fun hobby to get into it. It's one of those things that you get to, I, I tell people all the time when you go to Disney, if it's your first time or if it's your 10th time, if you're there for a week or if you're there for three days, take a minute to stop and take it all in. And being behind the camera allows you to do that. You take the whole, everything around you in, and you try to capture that. So that's my challenge to everybody else that goes to Disney as well. If you need a, a camera to do to really appreciate everything going on at Disney around you, obviously bring a camera. But if not, take that 10 minutes to just kind of sit back and reflect and see what how mo, how much amazing stuff is going on around you at all times. And, you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things that I would probably say that I've learned over the years, and I hope other people learn this as well, taking pictures is great. Like you said, sometimes it allows you to really stop and look at what you're looking at and, and really enjoy the beauty that that is buried within the parks, the detail that the Imagineers put in. And I will say that I think some of those details is what actually inspired me to get into photography to say, yes, I want to make a little bit of an investment in some equipment to basically really take some wonderful pictures. The thing of it is, is that I always tell people feel free to take pictures, feel free to video, whatever. Do take a moment to actually enjoy something without any technology in your hand. And a case in point, Rivers of Light. Rivers of Light is one of those one of those attractions, nighttime spectaculars, that I think gets a bad rap because I think some people try to watch it through a viewfinder or through a screen. And I think it doesn't do it justice. It's one of those cases where the first time I saw it, I was taking pictures. I'll admit it. I was taking pictures. I was trying to really capture some of that magic that was being shown on the water. And I enjoyed it, but I felt like something was missing. A few months later, I went with just my wife and I decided I, I put my camera away. I just put it down. It was in between my, my feet. I just let it sit there. Sure, I took a few pictures before everything started, but then when it started, I put my feet down. And it was after that I finally realized, yes, there is a story behind it. And it was a story that I really super enjoyed. And it was one of those cases where, you know, we do Disney in different ways. And every time I do it, I try to put a twist. 
I try to explore a little bit of a different way of doing things to see if I can get things in a different perspective. And the interesting part to that is that I think it also combats the idea of the person that constantly says, you just went to Disney. Don't you think that you're going to get tired of going to Disney? Well, no, not necessarily taking into consideration. I'm there and I'm doing it in different ways to get different experiences. And I think that for me, I think that's important because, you know, this is a big deal for me to come down and, you know, enjoy a week with my family. And then, of course, I have to go back to reality. And I'm sure for you as a local that goes there, you kind of have to um, you kind of have to always look at things a little bit differently or try different things. But you could also try more over the course of a period of time. I would say the biggest difference for being a local is the fact that like I'd probably been to Disney, a Disney park or Disney Springs or a resort, whatnot, probably 500 days in the last three years. Wow. If I had to put a number on it, it wow. might be a little bit less. It might be a little bit more. Um, but the biggest thing I've seen as a difference as a local that goes all the time and somebody that comes two to three weeks a year is the fact that while we may enjoy Disney more often than the normal person would, I don't know if we enjoy Disney Disney as much as the out-of-towners. Because I can tell you, we don't go to Disney restaurants. We go to out of, you know, on the 192, we go to the local restaurants for dinner. We don't necessarily, I've never stayed at a Disney resort ever. I'd like to, but for me, it's kind of hard to spend that 250 to stay at a hotel on Disney property <laughs> when you're when literally, live literally eight miles away. Yeah, I can, I, I understand that. I mean, it's very hard to, um, it's very hard for you to encompass what I encompass on a vacation just because of some of your benefits of living, you know, a stone's throw away from one of the gates, which I know that I know there are locals that every once in a while will say, Hey, I'm going to go stay at a Disney resort for a special occasion or something like that. But I don't know too many people that really do that. But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, like you said, you may not necessarily eat at Disney, which is a huge expense if you think about it. I mean, it, it is what it is. I'm not, that's not a rip on Disney food costs because it is expensive anywhere you go for, you know, any sort of entertainment place. I mean, heck, if, <laughs> you know, you go to the movies and you spend, you know, 60 bucks for four tickets for, for a, you know, a good movie. And then you spend another 25 to 30 bucks on popcorn and stuff like that for a two hour show. You know, you can't tell me that Disney stuff is way out of price for, exactly. for things exactly. like that. It's how you put you get it what you pay for. And, and, and you put it in perspective. You know, I don't go to the movies all the time. I just like I don't go and eat at Disney all the time. And then, and I will say this. I know you and I will talk more about Disney food in the future. You and I have some stories that I know will be great to tell about food because you don't get a body like this by. Yeah. Yeah, food, simple as that, will be a topic around these parts. I'll tell you that right now. Um, you know, the interesting part about 
the interesting part about, you know, living a Disney lifestyle, it it's more of a balance because I think you, you kind of have to have a balance in everything that you do. And I think everybody has their own balance, which I think is awesome. I mean, you know, my office here is very much decorated in Disney decor, which being that this is a place that I spend 16 hours a day in most, most days, you know, this is my, this is kind of my happy place. And I love the Disney-esque items that I have here. Everything from tapestries to art to even the cool Mickey head tape dispenser that I have, which I just think is darn right cool. So, look, Chris, let's go ahead and change gears here for a second. Um, what are some of the things in 2019, since we were here we are in the beginning of 2020, what are some of the things in 2019 that you really enjoyed doing? You know, what were some of the highlights of 2019 from a Disney perspective that uh, really made an impression on you? I can't think of like one or two that really stuck out. Um, I will say like that the, the festivals over at Epcot, I really have started to enjoy them a lot more. Sure. Um, Ep- Epcot's honestly become my favorite park because of those festivals. Um, I remember earlier, I think, I think it was the, 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 uh, uh, garden rocks festival. I remember, uh, there's a singer, forget what his name was. Uh, I almost said Steven Tyler. It definitely wasn't Steven Tyler. Oh, Um, you're thinking of the, uh, you're thinking of the guy from air supply. No, I'm thinking of one other guy that. Yeah, I remember uh, Rick Springfield, he likes to come off the stage a lot when he's there. And I remember having my phone ready. Again, my generation can't do anything behind, you know, without being behind the phone. So we always got to capture everything on the phone. Um, he came down and I was filming. I think I was live streaming actually at the time. And he came by me and all of a sudden he just stopped right next to me. Uh not really anything to do with Disney at all, except for the fact that it happened at Disney. But that was one thing that kind of stuck with me. I'm trying to think of what else that, I mean, there's a lot of construction going on this year. So uh, I guess you could say Galaxy's Edge opening day was a pretty cool adventure. That, I've never yeah. been outside of Disney Park at 1.35 in the morning to write, to be the first one of the first ones in there. So that was kind of cool. Um, trying to think of anything else. I'm, I mean... I'm really looking forward to the next year. Let's put it that way, or this year, 2020. And I would probably say that um, for me, first off, I love the festivals as well. And to actually, it was it was Air Supply that I know that I got to see with my wife, but some neighbor friends of ours, some close friends of ours, um, came down with us, and they just totally, completely wanted to see Air Supply, and it was it was really a, a fun show. Uh, even though Air Supply is, you know, something that I, not one of my top bands that I would probably say I've listened to from back in the 80s and stuff like that. Um, but sure, sure, I've, I've heard it and it, it worked out, you know, worked out well, well. The concert was great. It was really cool. Um, it was also one of the first times in a long time that I actually got to go to the Flower and Garden Festival. And, you know, especially in March when we did our family trip, uh, it was also a time where I found something out. 
I found out that my son does not like, or I shouldn't say not like, he does not prefer taking trips during spring break. For some reason, I found out afterwards, he said I had a great time, but I really needed a couple days that I didn't get before I had to go back to school. And I also found out later, and he didn't want to tell me until after we got back, but teachers gave him, you know, homework and projects and stuff like that. So he was a little like reluctant, but he went and he had a great time, but he's like, if they're going to keep on giving us homework over spring break, then can we please not go to Disney over spring break? And I'm like, okay. Um, thanks for the feedback. I, I, I appreciate that. That was a new thing for me. Um, this year I also got a chance to go to the food and wine fest, which I found out a couple different things. One, Food and Wine Fest is definitely something to try. Two, you can get really full really quick. And three, be willing to try stuff that quite honestly may not end up being all that good. Or at least not to you. Um, it was wonderful meeting a lot of different people. And the fact is, is that there was just a lot of really good food uh, I found out that I don't care for red curry. Um, that was one of those things I tried and said, mm, okay, I've tried. Maybe not again. Um, but at the same time, I thought it was also really cool that uh, you and I got to enjoy an absolutely fabulous meal at the Wave, which, um, how was it that, how was it that you described it? in the way that you're of your uh, first wave experience? I I mean, I don't remember exactly how I described it, but I do know that it's the, to me, it's the best restaurant at Disney property. And I'll keep going back, back to that every time. Oh, it was so good. And the fact of the matter is, is that I haven't been there in probably seven or eight years. It was worth a try again. And it was really nice sit back it was between uh, you and your wife and me me and my wife and it was just a really nice time food was fantastic the service was great and by all means it was it was a meal that i know that we talked about for a couple of months afterwards and um again you kind of have to explore some things that you wouldn't normally explore and it was definitely worth it and you know the other case to it was is that you know during my my uh, couples only trip with my wife. What was really nice was that um, we once again went to the census spa over at Saratoga Springs. And yes, I turned in my man card and got myself a, it was a, this time it was a foot and leg massage. And I got to tell you something. I'm almost nervous to go anywhere else to have that kind of thing done because they did such a wonderful job. I felt like I was walking on clouds after that. Again, it was one of those things I've never done. The first two times I went to the spa, I did a couple's massage with my wife. And this is the first time I was, well, not only by myself, but the only time I was able to do a massage of just like my legs and feet. Oh my goodness gracious. If Chris, I don't know about you, man. If you ever want to do something special between you and your wife, go to the, go to the census spot, but you got to go to the one over at Saratoga Springs. 
I don't know. It, huh. It's different. I mean, as I said, you may have to turn your man card in, but hey, I'd say go for it. <laughs> um, in fact, oh gosh, I wish I could remember the episode number. There was a there was an episode over at the the My DVC Points podcast. Great show, everybody. I definitely recommend giving them a listen as well, especially if you're a DVC member or thinking about becoming a DVC member. Uh, we actually had I was a part of I was a part of a panel that actually talked about. Uh, the different spas there. And um, it was really cool to hear other people's awesome experiences as well. Um, it's one of the, it was one of the earlier episodes from about a year ago, by all means, check them out on iTunes or Google podcasts while you're at it. Uh, because I'll, I'll tell you right now, every once in a while, you're going to hear me plug some awesome podcasts out there. And I, and you may say, well, that's kind of odd. Why would you want to do that? I go, listen, we're all we're all content creators. We're all Disney content creators, and you can't have too many good podcasts on your listening device. It is Completely as simple. Agree. Yeah, it's as simple as that. So, uh, I listen to a number of different podcasts, and I hope others do uh, listen to this as well as others, because by all means, we all bring something different to the Disney podcasting table. Um, I would also probably say that. Uh, some of the things that I've really come accustomed to is that I've learned that flying into Orlando for me is easier if I fly out of Indianapolis than out of Chicago. And now that I've done it more than one time, I'm pretty much convinced of that case now. And while it's a longer drive, I got to tell you, last weekend, or last week, I should say, at the beginning and the end of the week, I had to go out to O'Hare to pick up my daughter from a trip to Toronto that she took. I don't care what kind of day, what, what time of day it is or whatever. O'Hare is a madhouse. So I don't know. You think, you think Orlando is bad. Orlando's going to get worse because they're putting a third terminal in now. That's right. They are putting yep. a third terminal. Do you know, are they going to make that terminal just like international only? Or are they going to just fill up with other airlines? I believe they're just going to fill up with other airlines because I think they're, you know how they have terminal A and B right now. I think they're doing two additional ones down there. So it's going to be basically a mirror image of what they already have. Sure. Um, I can't confirm that. I That's just kind of one of the articles I read, but I do know they are building another terminal, at, at least one. I can see that. I can see that. And, you know, I think one of the things that I know that you and I will probably talk about the most is, you know, travel, actually getting to Disney, whether or not it's person like me who does a lot of, you know, travel, either do road trips or, or airfare, airfare, air flights down there. I know you are going to be very well versed for everybody here when it comes to getting around the parks, getting around Orlando in general. Uh, you know the area extraordinarily well. You also, on more than one occasion, have, how do, how do I put this nicely on the air? You have expressed extreme frustration at certain parts of the highway system in that area. <laughs> Yeah, I think every every single Floridian can say that. I will say just a little tidbit of information here for anybody that's you know first time listener. Obviously, for us, um, is going to be even if you know how to get to Disney from MCO. I mean, I know how to get to MCO very easily. I could do it with you know, like looking at the back <laughs> of my hand. I know exactly the roads and everything to take. However, Google Maps, Waze. Apple Maps, any GPS thing that does live traffic is your friend. Don't think the route that you know is the best route. 
driving. I, I work, like I said, all throughout Central Florida. All the guys laugh at me because I use a GPS every single day. But I get the last laugh when I drive past them on the road and I see them sitting in traffic and I'm going 50, 60 mile an hour the other way. <laughs> so do not be afraid to just turn your GPS on and use your GPS. It will help you and save time. That's a great tip. I mean, I, I use my GPS everywhere I go down there because I almost have to. Um, and the interesting part is, is that you still have to be careful with your GPSs because if it's not updated, you may end up in an area that you really don't want to end up in like a backstage area is more what what I'm referring to. And I will say that GPSs do vary because even with my Garmin on the dash and, uh, you know, Arnstar going through the uh, navigation system for, uh, for those turn by turn directions, they can vary once in a while. And it's just really interesting on, on like where you want to go, so to speak. Um, one of the other things that I kind of want to kind of want to go ahead and take a little pause here to mention in the past, Chris and I have been a part of, you know, in our previous endeavor, a part of different, uh, charitable efforts. And it's one of the things that I think it bears worth noting that we love to give back. Uh, and it's one of those things that we do plan on doing. And more specifically, Chris and I are, as well as other members of our team, we are big fans of Give Kids the World Village. And if you're not familiar with the village, it is a wonderful organization that provides wishes for, you know, wish trips for, you know, those uh, kids and their families where, you know, where the kids are um, critically ill or otherwise the families would not be able to um, be able to have such a magical vacation. Now, Chris and I have had the, the honor of basically partnering with Give Kids the World Village over the past couple of years um, to raise money and awareness for the village, as well as to take a tour and to see how it really, really goes and what it really is like. And I got to tell you something. Uh, we will probably mention the village often on this show because we have a real passion for being able to help that organization give out wishes to those, to those kids and those, to those families. Uh, we will definitely unapologetically uh, do different things that will help raise money for that particular cause. Do know this, though. Uh, when we do raise money for those particular causes, uh, the thing is, is that anything that you donate, we set it up so it goes directly to them and it doesn't come to us. We don't touch anything. We don't touch any money or any donations or whatever. And it's just a part of our transparency. We don't really want um, anybody to question, you know, whether or not, you know, we're really raising money for them. So we'll set up accounts where people can donate to those particular causes. And we will be talking to members of uh, their team to help raise awareness as well. It's something that is near and dear to our hearts. It's something that I hope that you will learn more about as a listener and I know that a lot of other podcasts do a lot of different things for the village. And I think that is absolutely awesome. And by all means, if you support the village through other shows, please continue doing so. It's not a competition. But if you're not and you'd like to consider doing so, hey, by all means, let us know. And uh, we will be more than happy to answer any questions more that you may have. That? Yeah, go ahead, Chris. 
Uh, I know this is something I actually found out from being at the village at, uh, for one of the tours that we were on. Mm-hmm. Um, something I guarantee you 99.9% of people use on a weekly or monthly basis is Amazon. Yeah. Um, a lot of people just use the Amazon app. If you go to amazonsmile.com and you have a Prime uh, membership like 90% of people do, <laughs> you can actually register Give Kids the World as your charity to give to. So every time you do an order, I think it's only like 0.1%. But since January 5th of 2020, and I mean, or no, I'm sorry, as of January 5th. So it's going back to Sunday. It's not much, but I've raised $6.55 on 34 orders. You know what? That's $6.55 that they didn't have before. If everybody does that, that adds up. So I challenge everybody that listens to this to to delete your normal Amazon app. Remember your username and passcode so you don't lose all that stuff. But download or go to on your whatever internet browser you use on your your phone and just bookmark the site as an app as your Amazon Smile. And that way, instead of using the regular app, you use that one and you can – you don't, I mean, you can choose any charity you want. I personally have Give Kids the World as mine. And it doesn't cost you anything else on top of your normal orders. It's, it's just one of those things that happens. And, you know, it doesn't doesn't cost you anything else. But yet your purchase does go to uh, help them as well. You know, Chris, I'm going to have to consider uh, doing that. I did not know about that. Thanks for bringing that up. I, was... I mean, they've already raised as of November 2019. They've received $46,321.86. That is amazing. And if I'm not mistaken, oh, no, it's too small. And if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that's like the equivalent of three weeks, or I should say three one week trips for three different families, approximately. I give believe or take. so, yeah. So that is absolutely all, all through buying stuff that you're already going to buy. Exactly. It I takes mean, two seconds to sign up for it. While I always try to, you know, shop small you know, shop, shop, local shop, small businesses, you know, let's face it. I still do a lot of Amazon ordering. Okay. It's as simple as it's as simple as that. I did a lot of small business ordering to, to support the Disney community, uh, this past, uh, holiday season, but that is something that, uh, can really make a difference no matter what. Well, let me tell, let me tell everybody this, this is our hello world episode. And we're going to bring it to a close here in just a moment. I want to go ahead and and make mention a couple things. First off, we're really glad that you've taken a moment to listen to us. And as you can tell, we like to have good conversation. And it's definitely not a a scripted conversation. What we say, it comes from our heart. It comes from our our experiences. It, It just comes from a good conversation. And we are going to have different people come on the show. I've got one other co-host that's going to be joining us as well. I will let that person uh, introduce themselves uh, in a, at a later date. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that we want just to have a great time. And we want you guys to have a great time too. Uh, in the near future, we're also going to be introducing a live show, which will be different in format than the actual podcast. And at the same time, we'll be announcing our community that we will be uh, kind of expanding on a little bit. And at the same time, uh, we'll provide other information. Until then, though, if you have questions, comments, a show request, a guest request, or you just want to reach out to us, you can always reach us 
at discoveringdisneypodcast at gmail.com. That is discoveringdisneypodcast at gmail.com. Our website is coming soon. And, you know, by all means, we are just really glad that you're here. As I said earlier, the idea that there are so many different podcasts out there, you've managed to drop a, you know, drop a line on us. We're really glad that you're here. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button. Get the updates automatically as they come in. Listen to other shows as well. You know what? Because you don't listen. Hey, listen, a lot of you have XM Radio. You don't listen to just one station. Out of the hundred stations, you've listened to a number of them, and you know that. And we're going to be uh, here providing you an option for some great Disney podcasting. And we're really glad that we're going to be doing this once a week. Our live show, when we get it started, will also be once a week. But at the same time, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your coworkers. We are here and we are so glad that you are as well. Chris, do you have any final words before we go ahead and call this a day? Basically, just the fact that I hope everybody enjoys Disney the way that I enjoy Disney. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in everybody, everybody's everyday lives. Um, Disney's the one thing that brings happiness to all of us. And I think if we all just take that one hour every week, two hours, even, I mean, if we can just escape the real world and come enjoy talk Disney and just have a good time together, that's what life's all about. I can't agree with you more. The fact of the matter is, is that, you got to enjoy the things that you do. And sometimes it's sometimes it's a challenge because, you know, let's face it, life gets in the way. But here at the Discovering Disney podcast, we our motto basically is discover, inspire, explore. And we're going to take that to heart because we want you to discover different things about Disney that you could apply to your daily life. We want you to be inspired by the things that you see at the parks in the things that you see in the movies, you know, anything that is Disney, we want you to be inspired by and figure out how you can make it a part of your life and possibly inspire others as well. We want you to explore and explore the options that are out there to have a great vacation, but also who knows, maybe those different types of things that you're exploring, you're going to bring it into your daily Disney lifestyle. And, you know, when I first thought of those three words, I kind of thought it may just be weird to to apply that. But then I thought, I'm already doing that. And I hope everybody will continue to do that as well. So with that being said, on behalf of Chris and myself, I am so glad that you were here. Until next time, we hope that you have an absolutely magical day. Take care. <laughs>